Matt, uh, just looking ahead to Thruxton, uh, any particular thoughts? I mean, it's the fastest circuit in the series. Um, Dan's been carrying the flag a little bit for, for team dynamics, but again, you know, it's a, it's a circuit I think you like racing at, don't you? It's always been a happy hunting ground for the Hondas, so, um, you know, there's more of us on the grid. The AMD cars are going well, the, you know, the BTC cars are going well, so um, <clears throat> as is the rest of the grid. You know, the BMWs have historically struggled there, not struggled, but not been as strong, um, but they seem strong everywhere this year, so... Um, yeah, it's all that lot, and then the weather's going to f- throw us a few curveballs as well. So you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be plain sailing. I mean, looking at the championship at the moment, I mean, you know, going back as far as Alton Park, I mean, really in many ways, from your perspective, I mean, things just didn't work out over Alton, and likewise uh, when you went to Snetterton. I mean, the Alton Park situation was uh, the start of a, a sort of well, a bag of nails, really, as far as you were concerned. Uh, it's just the way it goes, Patrick. You know, you've got to no use crying over spilt milk. You know, if if my wheel hadn't come off in the first race, I'd have had a top three or four finish there. It was strong in the second race, and I could have potentially won the third race. So, you know, just by winning the third race, it would have put me third in the championship. So then it would have been a completely different story. Um, it is what it is, you know. There's no use crying about it. Um just got to I, was thinking, I was thinking about uh, that song, Three Wheels on My Wagon, when you had that wheel come off. Did you, in fact, find out what the real problem behind, what caused the problem? Yeah, we have to use some control components, and one was out of tolerance, which caused the wheel to fall off. So it's not brilliant. Not very good not, at all. No. And obviously, I mean, there was the, 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 the spat with Jake, Jake Hill. I know that uh, there was a lot of sort of... Uh, discussion about you know you complaining and uh, making it a very public display but I think in many ways I mean when I think back to the days of Keith O'Dor and obviously likewise uh, Jolly and Taylor at Spa in that accident he had there I mean you know you're always very concerned about any sort of side impacts in any race but particularly in the situation you find yourself in sometimes. The people who know know and the people who, who know came to me after the event and said, um, you know, and they couldn't believe what what went on, and so it's just I've I've got no drama with it all. I'm just I'm moving on, but um, I was pretty pretty hacked off at the time. I felt like you know John Clennon rang me and he said you need to go and buy a lottery ticket uh, because you dodged a bullet this weekend. Yeah, um, sure, sure, definitely. Yeah, I mean it. The thing is that, I mean, that they've started this series, I picked up on this series of crashes in the British touring cars. And when we go back to some of the crashes, I mean, they showed several of, of Paul O'Neill's going back to when he was racing in touring cars. And a lot of those situations were where the car was side-on on the track and somebody could have easily, very easily uh, sort of sidelined that particular car. Yeah, it's the side impact that, you know, you've got a one-and-a-quarter tonne car. They're not slow. They're, they've got decent horsepower now and... Um you know, if someone's coming in, we go, we, they've they've done made massive improvements to crash protection in the cars. They are they are miles better than we've we've had in previous years and generations. And but if some if a car's coming into the side of you at 130 mile an hour, it's coming in. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter uh, what protection you put there. You know, with the Keith Oda thing, uh, the the B pillar of the car he was sat on ended up six inches past the center line of the car. Yeah. 
and they said if he, if if the if he hadn't been killed for what you know the just from the impact, his brain had turned to custard from the impact you know from the the violence of it all. Yeah. Um, you know, so he'd have been if he'd have survived, he'd have been a cabbage. So, and that's what you know, Jake Hill saying he, he hasn't even apologised to my face. No, no, I understand. Yeah, well, I mean, I say again, you sort of look at the situation and say, well, you know, he thinks he's he he thinks he's uh, hard done to by being cost a win. It was actually my win. Mm. You know, and he feels as though he's he's had a win taken away from him. He hasn't. No, absolutely. Well, it's water under the bridge, I know, but, you know, clearly, you know, it's it's, it's an issue. It's interesting, actually. I seem to uh, hear, read somewhere that you've actually been doing a, a driver driver assessment in the DTM. Is that right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, driver standings advisor, so, yeah. What, what's the, what are the standards like in DTM? Are they any worse or any better than touring cars? You know something, they do some different... It's, it's interesting to go to different championships like Aussie V8s and World Touring Cars and DTM because they all have their own way of skinning the cat. They all want clean racing and close racing and mm. <clears throat> all the rest of it and something that's good for spectators to watch. DTM's obviously got, you know, it's got... Um, the speed and you know the technicality of the vehicles, but they've introduced this role uh, rule that you can race side by side through a corner. So if someone comes around your outside, you can't shuffle them out, which you can even do in Formula One. Mm. Um, you've got to give them racing room, and therefore they can have great side by side action. And that actually is it's not a bad thing. It's um, you know the, their cars are more fragile than ours. Um, so, but the racing can still be quite good. Absolutely. But, I mean, again, you know, it's interesting from your perspective to actually look at other race series like that and also look at driver standards because, I mean, if, you're, if you were sitting on the sidelines, say, Jeff Allen obviously provides some sort of, um, if you like, experience and provides that sort of, uh, <coughs> if you like, um, overview of the races itself. But, I mean, when you're sort of in a situation where you're doing that yourself, if you were sitting on a touring car, um, executive panel, if you like, in that respect. I mean, you'd probably have very strong views about things anyway, wouldn't you? I, I think there's a few of us in um, of the more seasoned drivers and some of the young, younger drivers in, in BTCC. You've got opinions. You know something, when I, um, if I recommend something to British touring cars, it's not for personal gain. 90, sorry, okay. Sometimes I go with agenda, but if I go with agenda, I'll hold my hands up and I go, look, I've got an agenda. Most of the time, I'll go there, and I, it's for the good of the championship, um, and I'm, that I'm putting ideas forward, recommendations forward, um, you know, because you want what's, what's good for everybody, because if it's good for everybody, it's good for you, isn't it? Well, also, I mean, the fact, the fact is you're adding, you're adding weight to what is a very successful world championship globally, and certainly in Europe, and, and from that perspective, and the, the touring cars has always been moving forward. I mean, one of the things you've obviously been very concerned about, um, and from Team Dynamics' perspective, obviously, it's a vested interest there, but also this business about the car, the age of the models that are actually being raced in touring cars at the moment. Yeah, that's another subject we just, we, we sort of touched on, um, where because of the equalisation that happens in in uh, BTCC. Um, there's no incentive for 
lesser-funded teams to upgrade their their hardware. Mm. Um, and it's only because of the closeness of the racing, they can fine-tune and, and fettle their cars. So it's actually harder to bring a new model in because you don't get an advantage. Um, so it's better to fine-tune when you're looking for hundreds of a second. Uh, so then does that mean people will prefer to run older cars? Yes, they will. Um, which is not good for the championship, not good for sponsors. So there's got to be an incentive otherwise. So we put something forward where, um, you know, when cars are so old, they will gradually get um, pensioned out, Um, you know, which which happens in other series, but it happens in a very stealthy way. In TCR, the the older models, they gradually get BOP balanced performance out without you realizing it. and it's, you've got to keep the, the championship healthy, haven't you? You've got to cut the deadwood out and, you know, people want to see new kit on the grid. They don't want to see old bangers going around. Unless, yeah, but, if you do that, you go to the classic. Well, I mean, from a, from a, a manufacturer point of view. They're not bangers. I mean, from, cars, but. from a manufacturer point of view, bearing in mind the fact that obviously, you know, um, Alan obviously now has a manufacturer constructors championship, which has been there. And we've got obviously uh, the manufacturers that are represented on the grid. Uh, but in real terms, I mean, from Honda's perspective, you know, with, with the Civic, I mean, obviously you've moved the Civic on uh, over the course of several seasons now. But again, it's, in, it's, it's to bring the models up to date because those are the cars that people want to drive and will be driving on the road anyway. Yeah, because, the, I mean, the, the new Civic road car, the, the FK8, is a quantum leap forward again on the FK2, which is the old one. And the fact that they've fine-tuned, there's, there's out of... Um, seven Hondas on the grid, uh, four a new shape, three are old shape, and the old shape can be can be darn quick um, by virtue of what I was just mentioning. So, um, you know, because they've got the same horsepower, same this, the, you know, the regulations allow them the same, but Honda don't really want that because the, the new road car isn't that much better. So they don't want the old race car potentially beating it, and you can see that. Same with BMW, same with Toyota, same with everyone. Absolutely. Are we going to have a, a one-make series of uh, Honda Civics in touring cars, then, if that's the case? You never know, Patrick, do you? You never know. <laughs> um, just sitting aside, um, I notice also that uh, UASA have been awarded a Boeing Supplier of the Year for Innovation Award, which, which I picked up on the other day, which is obviously uh, very nice for them, but also it reflects their association with uh, Team Dynamics. They um, they got some pretty trick stuff. You know, they're doing stuff for Formula One, for MotoGP, for, you know, the uh, batteries in in the Dreamliners, you know, the A380s, which they were going on about, all catching fire. <laughs> but then it was, it, you know, there was UASA batteries in those, but there wasn't a battery problem per se. But, you know, they've, they, they work on maximum output for lightest weight. And, you know, they are... They are mega, you know. They're, it's a, it's, they're a, a brand and a business and a product which is going going forward. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Also, I did come across um, a tweet of you having cycled around Dudley. You found something in the gutter. What was that about? A, a, a knife or something? Oh yeah, just on the side of the road. I've, in fact, you've just reminded me. I've got. I've just with everything else going on. I'm, it's on. It's on the back of my um, my sideboard. I've, I've got to take it into the police station. Karen said they'll. Just chuck it in the bin, but you chuck it in the bin, it'll end up on some land refill site for someone else to pick up, won't it? So you've got to go and check it, check it in somehow. So I'll, maybe I'll do that later on today. 
Absolutely. Also, um, have you been following the Tour de France this year? Um, I did, but it's. Um, I'm normally a big, big cycling fan and big tour fan. Um, I didn't probably follow it as closely as I, I have done in previous years, just because I was away a lot and yeah. had a lot of commitments doing other things. Um, and there was a lot of else on, <laughs> a lot of other stuff on TV as well. But I still, still kept an eye on it. Absolutely, because I mean, I think this uh, this guy that one of the twenty year old Colombian, it was Egan Barnell, is uh, yes. is quite a star, isn't he? I mean, he's the youngest guy to win the Tour de France, but obviously Geraint Thomas, who won it last year, uh, had problems anyway, and uh, so uh, obviously he's going to come back. But uh, it's it's an incredible. I mean, what about? I mean, you don't have to be. You have to be. Phys- what is the physicality or the strength of physicality for cycling at that sort of level? What do you need to have I mean, apart from very very fat fit? very thick thighs and probably very strong legs um probably not thick thighs and strong legs it's a lot of so much is weight yeah you know you chris, i mean always remember chris hoy i mean he chris hoy had enormous thighs but of course he's doing a very different sort of cycling isn't he? his thighs would, would have been about the size of your waist patrick um Absolutely. but he, you see chris when he was i i saw him um stripped down to his undies and it was like looking at charles atlas <laughs> he was it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger at his peak. His physique was unbelievable. You compare that to Chris Froon, who's six foot and under 70 kilos. He's 60-some-odd kilos. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about weight. You've got to get your weight out. Um, and those, as well as being... I think that you, you need, like, Paula Radcliffe, I reckon, had a much bigger lung capacity than, you know, the average person. And you've got to have some sort of... Um, physical um, deformity in a right way, I think, to compete at that sort of level because what the, the, they're just pushing the boundaries of what the body's capable of. What about you as a cyclist? You're on the road. You're, I mean, you were cycling around Dudley when you found the night. But, I mean, what about you as a cyclist? I mean, how do you find, it, it, what it, how do you find riding on the public roads? Oh, it's great. I, I enjoy it. I'm a pleasure cyclist, really. I do it, you know, it's a way of keeping fit and getting some fresh air-ish <laughs> in, into your lungs. Um, I love it. I don't mind it. The, in fact, you, through the towns and everything, okay, you have to bang shoulders with the odd van or, or lorry every now and then. Um, but it's, it's probably, because it's about a 20-mile ride for me in, into the office each way. And it's when I get out into the country through the single track and you've got the lorries coming past you that I find a little bit more twitchy than than in the towns and, you know, through the, uh, the built-up areas. Because a lot of the time you've got cycle lanes there and they work and, you know, the hustle and bustle. I enjoy a bit of that jousting. It's, it's like a touring car race. What about cycling? Are you, you cycling to work quite a lot then, do you, from, uh, from home? When the weather's nice, I look at the forecast. Uh, if I've got time, uh, if I'm not going to carry much because I don't want to carry too much weight, you know, I'll, I'll chuck a rucksack on. Um, but if you, by the time you've got your laptop and a few other bits and bobs in there, if it gets too much, then it gives you backache or, you know, it's a bit of a nause because um, you want to do it fairly quickly. Absolutely. So, right, we're going off to Thruxton this weekend. Um, yeah, saying that, I'm on my motorbike this morning because uh, Karen wants to go for a run this morning, so I, I have to leave very early to go on the, on the pedal bike. So, anyway, I brought the mo- motorbike in this morning, so it was... Your motor- looking through the traffic. Actually, talking about motorbikes, a Ducati Scrambler. 
There was a thin yeah. tweet, uh, just a catty scratch, and somebody was suggesting that if you were on a bike that size, then your knees would be up around your ears or something like that. Yeah, some of them probably put something like that on. I don't know. They put lots of stuff about me on the internet. And a hundred, hundred. I don't read it all. What about a Honda monkey bike? Does that mean anything at all? Yeah, yeah, I got one of those recently. So just because it's the smallest bike with the biggest person, so. Yeah, but when you're on your motorbike, you are taking care because you've had a few moments over the years, haven't you? I love bikes. Bikes aren't so kind to me. Mm. Yeah, I've had a few. Uh, off-road and on-road with them but I've, the Africa Twin I've got now is, is, is like an adventure sport bike and that's fantastic What about, uh, what about British Superbikes? Uh, Scott Redding who's come from MotoGP is, uh, and Josh Brooks making their mark for uh, a BYZ Ducati but um, you know, Scott Redding comes over from MotoGP he hasn't driv- ridden on many of the circuits and is really making a, a mark for himself. Do you, uh, do you watch the British Superbikes at all? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I mean, the Ducati scene does seem to be the weapon of choice, as <clears throat> um, Bautista's proven in World Superbikes, you know, the all-conquering Johnny Ray and Kawasaki combination. It's, you know, it's having a hard time against the Dukes this year, so that's the way it is, you know, so it's... Um, it just seems wondrous- to me... Jonathan Johnny Ray almost sort of takes he's, a, he's offended by the fact that somebody has the has the the gall or the cheek to actually come and and, and and rain on his parade, bearing in mind he's had such success in British superbikes or world superbikes. I mean, you know, he needs to have competition anyway to to make his. Uh, yeah, but that's a lot of top speech, uh, sports people, Patrick. They do have that air of uh, arrogance, self belief, you know, about them. That's what makes them. You know, they've got to have the confidence. Um, yeah, sure. You know, that's that's what makes them really. What about Valentino Rossi, though? I mean, there's a superstar. Yeah, yeah, or Mark Marquez now, isn't it? You know, there's a there's Absolutely. a new superstar. They're, but they're both amazing in their own right. Absolutely right. So let's uh, let's just uh, look ahead to uh, the weekend at Thruxton. Um, what do you reckon? Um. I'm not carrying too much weight. <clears throat> the forecast at the moment, rain for Saturday, dry for Sunday. Um, it is about qualifying. Um, we'll see if it's dry. I think we should be able to have a, a fair crack at it. I don't know. I was very fast there in qualifying last year. Um, when we went there earlier on this year, I don't know. I just couldn't get the time out of the car for whatever reason. I was just losing it. and um, I don't know. I've got to right my wrongs. I've got to try and pull my finger out and put a good lap together and then str- string a good day on Sunday together. It must be your age. Quite possibly, Patrick. It catches <laughs> up with us all eventually. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is that, you know, you and Mr. Plato um, are now much, well, you are, you are one of the two of the oldest, well, you the two oldest players in the, in the, in the touring cars, aren't you now? Um, no, we're not, actually. We're up there, um, but this guy's older than us. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, after his, he, he had a bit, that running with that with Ashley Sutton at Snetterton, and I saw Jason. Jason, he phoned me up on Monday morning, and I saw his number come up on my phone, and I answered it, and I started laughing. And uh, I said, you know something, I used to hate falling out with you because the falling out was genuine. And um, I said, but when you do do it with someone else, it's funny as hell. You know, it's great. 
I enjoy this. He goes, come on, let's fall out again. Let's let's fall out about something. I went, no, mate, no. So, but um, yeah. I always remember that spat you and he had at Rockingham, where you sort of faced off in your helmet. And uh, yeah, most people. I, I took mine off, mate. I was ready to go for it. I know. No, I I said to my, I thought I suggested what they probably should do is put a, a sort of little little boxing ring, and you just have three three attempts at hitting each other, and then whoever wins gets the points or loses. Well, they they tried to do that with me and Anthony Reid years ago. Um, we'd had a big bust up at, at Silverstone and the championship was trying to capitalise on this and they said oh right would you go to a boxing ring in Northampton and do a, put some gloves on and face up against each other and first of all I said absolutely no way just do one and then I thought about it I said right I'm going to go there and I, when they say put your dukes up I'm just going to whack him on camera as hard as I can really knock him on the floor because I, was, I wasn't happy with it and then I went to my dad I said dad do you think I'll lose my licence if I get in trouble for whacking him he said Maybe, son, but you'll probably get them for assault as well. So I went, oh, stuff, I can't be bothered. I won't bother doing it then. Yeah, but Anthony wouldn't have been able to hit you anyway. He would have had to reach to hit you on the chair. I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared if he had hit me, Patrick. I was just going to whack him. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's still around to tell the story, which is the main thing. And so yeah, 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 yeah. It's important. So, um, all in all, a plus mm. looking forward to. And uh, obviously, I mean, it's been a great season so far. You've had your, your, you've had your ups and downs, but... You still enjoy being there and being part of touring cars, don't you? Of course, yeah. I mean, you, you fight. So everyone says, "Oh, I'll retire or do this and everything," but you fight so hard to get there. And if you compete, I never want to make up the numbers. So as long as I think I'm bringing something to the party, and um, you know, it's the, the 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 not the rough and tumble, the the gladiatorial side of of touring cars was always what I got off on rather than the, the pure driving fast element so yeah. and that's as we've got plenty of that at the moment it's almost to the point of it's it's stressful to be in, involved in but that's um that's part of the crack isn't it and i think also the fact that you you've looked at other championships and you've been involved with dtm and stuff <clears> like that, whatever i mean there is no doubt about it the british touring car championship package works so very well purely and simply from the race perspective but more importantly from the spectator perspective as well uh, agro puts bums on things, doesn't it? Mm. You know, and there's, there's that plenty. You know, it's, to a point where it's too much at times, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a critic of that. You know, where um, people just need to calm down occasionally. But um, you know, people people go on about Snet with Ashley and, and Jason and Co. and said it was the best race of the year, and it probably was spectacle-wise. So. They either need to free it up more and let us all really let hell break loose, or they need to um, clamp down on us a bit and be a bit tight with us, maybe. Looking ahead very briefly, Hybrid 2020, what do you reckon? This, uh, I mean, Cosworth are now involved in, uh, obviously, uh, moving forward with this idea, but uh, Hybrid, I mean, it's, it's going to be an add-on rather more than being a total sort of uh, revolutionary change in the, in the, in the, the basics of a, a um, car. Yeah. They're the first championship to commit to a hybrid solution rather than just fully electric, you know, is a combination of which most of the cars will be. Um, much like the road, Patrick, it's coming. Like it or not, it's coming. So you've got to embrace it and get on with it. Um, for me, I, I like the technology in new cars and learning and trying to develop new technology. Um, so let's let's get on with it, really. Absolutely. And Team Dynamics clearly are at the uh, forefront in terms of uh, looking at new technology and moving forward on, on that basis as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're looking at we we looked at the hybrid solution as well as Cosworth. So um, 
you know, as, as a as a business proposition. So, um, yeah. Cheers, Patrick. Good on you. Take care, bless. I'll see you at the weekend. Okay, mate. God bless. God bless. Bye. 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 -bye.